As a team, there is always a two-way directional. It's a two-way traffic. Some levels, you each compromise. But at some levels, just like when you deal with the seniors, something is not right, you have to make sure they understand that this is a good way, but not the right way. If we take this route, we will achieve much better results than taking this route. It may be a fastest route, but we won't achieve as much as we will when we go to a certain route. We discuss, we argue as a team, and then we come out as one. Hi, I'm Murtaz Versi, and this is Engage, Relate, Perform, the show that helps leaders and organizations drive long-term results by fostering relationships and enhancing engagement. If you're looking to seriously improve your team's performance while impacting lives and succeeding at driving long-term results, then this is the show for you. It doesn't matter that you already have that dream title or simply curious about how far you can challenge yourself. I'll be giving you practical tips, relevant commentary, and valuable insights about how you can engage and utilize relationships with talent, community, and other stakeholders around you to achieve the best results and help them stick long-term. Get all the latest information at mutazaversi.com forward slash pod. Once again, it's M-U-R-T-A-Z-A-V-E-R-S-I dot com forward slash pod. A results-oriented banking professional with over 13 years and a certified treasury expert, Arafat Haji has been putting his foot forward for years to influence the right decision guaranteed to achieve the best results for customers and teams. Currently working as Managing Director for Zanzibar Insurance Corporation, Arafat comes on board the Engage, Relate, Perform podcast to discuss the common hurdles we will all face as leaders and equally as important the solutions he's found to turning situations around to his and now your favor. Really quickly, I want to give you an amazing opportunity to download my very free, very useful, very much for you, ebook titled Engage, Relate, Perform, 90 Days to Conscious Leadership and Performance Culture. It is a 90-day effective guide to get you inspired for your leadership journey daily. These are practical tips you can follow every day to guarantee you give and you get the best out of the existing relationships for long-term results. As I say, it takes 90 days to create a lifestyle. That's what culture means, a way of life. So if you want to do the work, but still enjoy the journey and above all, look forward to it day by day, then go to mutazaversi.com forward slash point and download your copy of Engage, Relate, Perform. 90 days to conscious leadership and sustainable performance. Arafa Karibusana to Engage, Relate, Perform. Thank you very much, uh, Murtaza Asante San. I'm happy to join uh, your session today on this podcast. Uh, I'm delighted to be the guest and uh, looking forward to a very engaging and uh, fruitful session. Thank you for being here. And let's dive head first into it. Why do you think challenges are such an important part of our lives? Th- thank you, Murtaza. It's a tricky question, but uh, I think uh, challenges is what builds us. There are two ways of learning. You learn in class and then you learn in what you're practicing and how life uh, makes you grow. So challenges plays a major role, upbringing, uh, the growth. At at times it may prove very difficult to overcome, but uh, your persistence, perseverance on how you take that positively and how you aim in overcoming those challenges, then that proves whether you can move forward or you'll be 
don't. I like that. And how different is it to than the word challenge, different from problem? It, it, it's, it's different in a way that uh, the challenge may come in multiple ways and a problem may be specific. So you can have multiple challenges at the same time. You want to move ahead. You want to move forward. Uh, lots of constraints, mm-hmm. lots of uh, issues to be resolved at the same time to move forward. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, the major difference I'm seeing between the two. Great. I mean, uh, indeed, uh, challenges and problem. Problem comes with a negative thought, uh, while challenges come with a positive note, which saying that, you know, we still have an opportunity to solve, right? Absolutely. And, and looking at challenges, I mean, looking at, at your life and your organizations, you've worked at various organizations, the challenges that you have come across, uh, you know, managing your seniors, managing your directors, managing your managers. Uh, what has been the challenge and how you've been able to resolve that? I'll use a very classic example of this. Uh, I've been in a situation where I have to manage uh, stakeholders, uh, meaning my, my seniors. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I have to manage my team, not to be demoralized, to manage the expectations. Yeah. So I had to balance out the whole. And at times I had to sit or to put myself into the feet of my people on what do they feel when I, when I give them this response. And at the same time, I have to challenge myself. How do I present this to my seniors? How do I build up my case in a way that whatever I'm going to sell, sales through and my people get what I believe would be good for them to be uh, motivated to deliver better than what they have been delivering. So mm-hmm. you have to manage the two stakeholders. You need the people to perform. You need the management to continue supporting you. Absolutely. And when it comes to a situation where there is a disagreement, what process do you use? What are solutions? What can someone do? Because there's a lot of situation whereby your stakeholder, like you rightfully say, is your manager, comes and tells you something and you don't agree with it or it's ethically unright or ethically not right. How do you how do you manage that situation? Well, I, I am a person who, when I feel and I have evidences to back me up that what I'm trying to push is ethically right, mm-hmm. I will push that. Okay. Whether my manager, my seniors feel that uh, at that particular moment is not fit, but if I feel that it is right, it is ethically okay, and it will benefit for the organization despite the, or the, the whether the legacy or ongoing challenges, I, I'll pursue that. How do you pursue it? How do you do it? How do you pursue it? Because that's that's going to be probably important for our listeners today to look at uh, not what are the challenges, but how do we pursue those challenges in order for us to improve performance of the organization that we work with? What are the steps you think we would someone would need to take when the managers come and ask you to do something and you know it's not right? You know it's ethically not right. As I said, when I know that it's ethically okay, it's I have a case against that, I will push it. Equally, when yeah. I see something that is ethically not right. and uh, yeah. How do you handle that? I, 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 I normally follow the guidelines when something is ethically not right. And I put on, on, on the table that these are the, the implications. These are the impacts that will come with what we intend to do. And uh, I've been in that situation, I think, more than two times in my past experiences. I've had an experience when one of my senior came and uh, 
pushed me to go for a certain investment. And I said, no, I do not advise us to go for this investment because one, two, three, the person we want to invest in won't last long. This is the impact of what you are pushing me to do. So either you do it or we shouldn't do it at all. Ah, okay. But I'm not putting my fingers on this because it is ethically not right. It is not going to benefit the organization and it will put the organization in danger. And uh, it turned out that uh, I was correct a few days after the decision, which I clearly put in document that this is not the right decision. Whatever my arguments that I believed were going to impact us, it went exactly that same direction. And uh, the senior guy came and said, how do we get out of this now? So brilliant. What you did was to say, okay, you know what? If you still believe in it, because I don't believe in it, uh, you do it. But I don't believe in it and I won't do it. What was his reaction when you said that? The reaction was not good at that time. And uh, if uh, if someone is weak, would uh, have broken into tears and would have even decided to walk out. But uh, this is how I approach issues. I believe that something is wrong, it is wrong. And for the reason that it shows it is wrong and no one has been able to prove that it is not wrong. So I will stand by that. However, when we are in it, I have not played a role in us getting in it. It is my role to make sure that I assist the rest of the team that we successfully get out of it. We can take it as a lesson. I like that approach, Arafat. I think that's that's a lot of learnings that I hear from you to say that I don't join you. You can go ahead and do it. And if they run into a challenge, then I'm there to help come out of it. But let's sit down together and learn from it. I think that's a brilliant approach for people uh, who are who have to manage upwards, uh, manage stakeholders like managers uh, and directors uh, in that level. And I think uh, a lot of people will, will, will learn from this perspective. What about your subordinates? Uh, if you have a challenge with your subordinates. How do you handle that perspective? Uh, thanks again for, again, a very, very tricky uh, question. But uh, I believe when you work with the subordinates, uh, you come from different perspectives, different uh, backgrounds, possibly different schools of thought. So as a team, there is always a two-way directional. It's a two-way traffic. Some levels, you reach compromise. But at some levels, just like when you deal with the seniors, something is not right, you have to make sure they understand that this is a good way, but not the right way. If we take this sort, we will achieve much better results than taking this sort. It may be a fastest route, but we won't achieve as much as we will when we go to a certain route. We discuss, we argue as a team, and then we come out as one and agree on the approach of how we can move. I've, uh, again, been in that situation when I was in middle management in a team from single depart- same department, but uh, overseeing different roles. But your roles interdepend each other. You fight, but you fight for the benefit of the organization, not for personal benefits. Mm. What, Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that in in a while, Arafat. I like that point. Go ahead. Yeah. So Go ahead. you fight for the benefit of the organization, and nothing personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I tell my people that when we are at a professional levels, we'll work as professional. We can fight as professional, but after the working hours, 
we are no longer enemies. We are good friends. We'll be enemies when we fight for the sake of the benefit of the organization. So there are fights, but good fights. Okay, so it's basically arguments or bringing conflict to the table. Yes. Uh, and how, how do you do that as a rule, uh, as individuals? Like you said, uh, rightfully, everyone's coming from different background. They have different perspective. With your experience, when you share that approach with your team and say, you know, we can have fights, we can have arguments, and we come out of here friends, how do they uh, take it and how do they manage it and how do they handle that when you're in your presence? Well, uh, one good thing uh, as a leader or as a, as a person in a team is uh, to learn and listen. Mm-hmm. Listen to what others have to share. And I've always believed in uh, learning, unlearning, and relearning. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. I believe in something, but someone comes with a different perspective of what I believe to, be, to have been right, mm-hmm. and the argument uh, shared on the table, they are, li- they, they, they are, they are right, Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem in, in unlearning what I always knew mm-hmm. and take the new perspective of how things are. So as a team, that's the approach I always encouraged that uh, we let everyone share mm. what he or she knows. Yeah, yeah. If okay. he is better than most of us, mm. we give him or her an opportunity to enlighten us. Mm. And then we exchange the views on whether that is the right approach whether that will benefit the organization or, say, a department. And then once everyone has, has gotten a buy-in, because here it is important to make sure that whatever you are trying to argue or to, to, to sell, you get the buy-in mm-hmm. of the rest of the team, the rest of the organization. Other than Absolutely. that, there'll be quarrels, there'll be pulling from different angles, yeah. and you won't be having a push to the single direction. Sure. So it's important to make sure that whether whatever you are presenting, you get the buy-in of the rest of the people from whether a department or the organization. So if you're selling your idea, what are the three or four steps one should take to be able to achieve a result out of that? The first step is I take the idea first myself Mm -hmm. and then I ask myself all questions. Mm-hmm. possible questions, all the possible challenges that will come with that idea. Okay. After having satisfied myself that mm-hmm. uh, I believe this to be a much better option, mm-hmm. I get views of others. Okay. What's their feel? Mm-hmm. What's their take? Individually. What could go wrong? Individually. Individually. What, mm-hmm. could, what, what, could, what could go wrong? Mm-hmm. How would this benefit us? Mm-hmm. As, and when I say us, it's the organization. Yes. Third, if I got the buy-in of most of the people around us, mm. I float it generally. Okay. And then I go back before moving to a third step. I mean, third step. I pull it back to the second step. Even if there were negative arguments about it, mm-hmm. I would go with that and then float. Say, let's float it to the entire team. Mm-hmm. And hear what the rest of us would say about this. Mm-hmm. So you get different views and different ideas of how you can approach that challenge or how you can go ahead and uh, push for what is that you want to table or what you want to sell uh, to the rest of the members. Brilliant. So very much have an idea. Second, uh, think all the challenges yourself that could come with that idea. And also then third is 
floated out to some of your colleagues to see if that would be a, a, a good idea and what are the challenges. And even if they give you the negative, you will still take it and finally float it to see if everyone else would buy in and what would be their thought. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, if yeah. I summarize that, right. So that's where we, we talk and people think that's argument, but I think argument is also uh, exactly what you said is coming in. Uh, it's about bringing an argument with certain behaviors. So you may have an argument uh, or an idea that you want to sell, but I think it's the behavior that, that comes with it that brings it to a sellable op opportunity or not a sellable Absolutely. opportunity. And many times you find challenges are merely tackled by not what the challenge is, but it's how we present those challenges. Absolutely. It's how you present. Yeah. And, uh, exactly. and another lesson I've, uh, I've been able to learn during my journey is, uh, you know, at times we believe that once you drop a mail, someone would understand what you have written. But if you had discussed that issue or that challenge with someone outside the email, you would have gotten mm -hmm. a response and he would have understood you. And you go to a, a, a mail as a formality. Yeah, it's just, I agree with you, uh, Rafat. I mean, a lot of organization lose out through emails. They think uh, what they say through emails will easily be understood. And I remember this situation when someone sent an email and said, good morning in that email in terms of tone, uh, good morning, everyone. And someone walked in into his office, opened that email, and he had a, a very bad day. He started his day very badly. And he read it, good morning, everyone, right? And that totally sends a wrong message that it's probably how you read that message that makes the whole difference. So I totally agree with you that it's better to talk and then followed by email of your understanding. True, yeah of what you're saying, correct? So that's an important part. Where you were saying at one point, people coming in from different backgrounds and perspectives, how important is diversity in organizations? It's very important to me if you, if I look at it, very important because uh, as I mentioned, we come from different backgrounds, we come from different uh, schools, but we come from different cultures. Uh, I, I can use an example here. I think in 2013, I went to Kenya when I was working for NIC. I was I, I was seconded there, and then we went to a, went to a, to, to a certain restaurant. We started ordering food. Me being a Tanzanian, uh, speaking to the waitress was like uh, Naomba. I used the words Naomba ugali, and and my colleagues were asking me, "Why are you begging? And you have paid?" I said, why not? It was very clear. No, 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 my friend, you have paid. You have to ask her, you have to tell her to bring it to you. So you see diversity there. You get different cultures. You get different uh, lifestyles of how people live. Yes. So that helps in building the character. Yes. Helps in learning or to live with different people, but it helps the organization to go in different angles. So it brings in more ideas. It brings in more solutions when you have diversity. And I like this example that you have, because this could be literal, a, a literal challenge on translation from Naomba in Kiswahili, in English, we would say, please. Please, yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. And in Kiswahili, Naomba is translated uh, by another country as begging. Why are you begging? Begging, yeah. yes. Yeah. And begging and please is two different words where 
please is just being polite and begging is really yeah. p- falling down to your knees. So yes, yeah. even language diversity can, can be different and can bring a lot of other opportunities uh, as we move forward for performance because we learn from each other and we learn from uh, diverse knowledge, diverse people. Uh, so it's very interesting to see all that uh, part in terms of challenges. What about customers, Arafa? Uh, how do you manage challenges with customers? And how would it be different in terms of challenging, uh, having or, or uh, managing challenges from your customer and managing challenges from your subordinate? How the, the managing of those two, how different would it be? The world is, has changed very much. And uh, there's lots of information nowadays. If I'm to compare for like uh, 15 years back, everything is readily available. Every information is available in the space, in the internet space. And everybody knows something. Same to the customers. The customer treatment has changed uh, so much in, uh, in, in how we used to approach customers maybe 10 years ago to how we approach customers now. Mm-hmm. Because a client or a customer comes to you at times more informed than you are. Mm-hmm. True. knows more of the product you want to sell, possibly more than you do. Correct. So you have to approach customers based, to me, I, I, I look at it, you have to approach every customer based on the needs of that customer. You don't go to a customer on a general treatment on how you have been treating all your customers. Each customer, you need to, in compliance, they call it know your customer, from compliance perspective, but in customer service, you need to know your customer. You need to know the behavior of your customer. There are customers, even when you meet them in their good days, you you'll go home crying. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But there are people. There are people you meet even on their bad days. You will still be delighted. So you need to know your customers. Uh, similar to your to, to, to your people in, in, internally, your subordinates, your team. There are bad days and good days. So your people may come in very down, demoralized, but you know them, you have been with them. You spend more time with your people or your team more than the time you spend with your own family. For a moment, someone walks in in the the office in the morning, you look at the face, you can tell something is not right today. But that depends on how you treat your people. Some people, even if they have got problems, they've got troubles, because they don't expect you to be of help. They don't expect you to be of, of any support. You might even not be able to notice that. So it's also a character of a person or that uh, senior guy who is looking after his people. It's the same example when I used uh, the, how, how, how we, we used to treat customers back in days and how we treat customers these days. So someone may come in the office as well. You look him charming, very nice happy, but you can notice it from the way the way he's executing his task. It's not the normal way that he has been doing. And then you can notice, no, something is not right here. And it's good to understand your people, to read the mood of your people and tell whether something is right or not. And you, 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 you don't hesitate to ask. Mm-hmm, to address it. Okay. Because not, because not everyone will be able to open up w- without being asked. But times you ask, you get to understand what's happening, and, and you may be of use, and you ha- would have even possibly saved someone. True. Very true, Arafa. Very true. Yeah. 
And, you know, that's that's very important. And, you know, to summarize uh, our discussion, I mean, that's what you really cover up very well in challenging, handling challenges with the management in terms of, you know, when it comes to unethical issues, saying no, uh, but when they go into it, they take the decision, uh, you're ready to help the team to come out of it so that, you know, it comes out as a team result. But also the way you tell me how you manage uh, the people and the challenges that they come across and how do you table your ideas to the, to, to the rest of the team I mean, brilliantly said, you know, taking your ideas and asking all the challenging questions that may arise with that, that idea and then involving your colleagues to give you their thoughts before really floating it out to the rest of the team to see what they think about the idea. And I think that's important to bring issues to the table and argue for the benefit of the organization. The very important part which you said, it is about the organization. It's not about me and you. So let's argue about it to the best of the organization. And then, you know, when you walk out, you really back as normal, back as friends. And, you know, bringing those diverse ideas and thoughts really then support the whole uh, outcome of the results that we are trying to achieve. So thank you so much, Arafat, for this session today. Uh, we have three rituals before we close down. The first one is we normally have a ritual where we put a question from the last guest and we request you to answer that question. Okay. Right. Interesting. And the question was from uh, Rita Johansson. She is a conservation consultant. And the question is... Is it necessary for a leader to have a routine? Wow. <sighs> Tricky question, but uh, you can't be a leader without a team. Whom, whom are you leading? And you wouldn't have been a leader without that team. That team had made you to be the leader. And whatever you are delivering, it's the result of that team. You represent your team. You can be the number one, but it brings this back to the question you asked, the diversity. You can't be an expert of everything. And I believe in specialization. And as a leader, you may know the pieces. Your team would complement what you know. But to sum it up, it is necessary for a leader to have a team which can help him deliver the leadership goals. Nice answer. You'll get to listen to her podcast and then you will be able to understand where we take the leaders from that perspective as well because she comes in with a very interesting perspective. Now it's your turn. So leave us a question for our next guest. What would be your question for our next guest? What would be the number one priority when you are assigned a role, which you have never dreamt of? Brilliant question. It's a nice, tough question. And I'm hoping the next guest will be able to answer that. And finally, Arafat, you have 30 seconds to broadcast any message to the world, anything that you want to say for your listeners, for our joint mutual listeners. My main message is we learn on our daily executions. We learn from different people that we meet, we meet on daily basis. And when learning, we should always be open into accepting all the new knowledge that comes our way, which will build us further. And it takes me back to the same concept of learning, unlearning, and relearning. We should always be learning. Brilliant. That is my main message. Brilliant. And I think the listeners will enjoy that particular one. Learn, unlearn, and relearn. Until the next time, merci beaucoup. 
You've been listening to Engage, Relate, Perform, hosted by me, Muthaza Bersi. Make sure you've subscribed to this show so you don't miss a single episode. And be sure to visit muthazabersi.com forward slash pod to download all the resources, show notes, and all the freebies mentioned in this episode, including your copy of my highly effective ebook, Engage, Relate, Perform, 90 Days to Conscious Leadership and Performance Culture, plus extras just for subscribe. Once again, Go to matazaversi.com forward slash pod and get everything you need. And we'll be back next week for more Engage, Relate, Perform.